This is the Living Fearless Today podcast, a show that helps men like you and me who are struggling to get unstuck and overcome fear to live confidently and courageously. I'm your host and transformation coach, Mike Forrester, helping you create the change you want now. Join me as I interview men who've conquered their challenges and soared to success as they spill their secrets on how they live fearless today. Well, hello and welcome back, my friend. This week, I'm talking with Rusty Gaylord. Rusty has been through the tech industry. He, you know, it's one of those we've already been talking and chatting about uh, about experiences and path and everything like that. So that's been awesome, just to kind of reconnect at that level. But also, he's he's been in tech. He was uh, with Apple for 13 years, exited from there, and started coaching. Huge heart, and you know when. When you're looking for somebody that's gone through that transformation, the transition from where they were to where they are, getting that higher level of life, that's what you want is somebody with a heart, but also with the knowledge. And so I'm excited to share Rusty with you today. So Rusty, how are you doing today, my friend? Mike, I'm great. It's a, it's a, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon and it's a nice day and <laughs> life is good. <laughs> yes, most definitely. And you're out in sunny sunny California. I almost said Southern, but you're not quite Southern. You're up in uh, kind of like Silicon Valley, San Francisco area, right? Exactly. Yeah. In Silicon Valley. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Rusty, if we could, what does it look like for you today on the business side of life? My business is phenomenal. I'm an executive coach and I say it's phenomenal because it's it's the business that I've created and that I want to be running. I, um, so I, I was about to give you a little bit of backstory, but we'll get into that. But the, um, you know, where I am today is I work with small groups of people and I also work one-on-one with people and it's really about helping them to grow themselves, to fill the shoes of the role that they're in, or to, to step into the kind of success that they want. Um, you know, I think most of us, look around and we say, well, this is what's in my way. I don't know the right people or my boss is holding me back or I need to go get another degree or, you know, we have all these reasons for why we don't have what we have. And fundamentally, what I've discovered in my own path and through working with others, the thing that's standing in their way is themselves and your own beliefs. And if you can cut through that stuff and actually start taking steps, you can have what you want. I've been on that journey now for the last several years and it's just been amazing. Yeah. Well, and let's, let's not overlook the fact last June, you launched your book, right? Can you I did, share a little yeah. bit about that? Yeah. Thank you. So uh, breaking the code, stop looking for answers and start enjoying life is my book that I launched last June. Uh, and you know, even that journey was an interesting one because if you went eight months before then a book wasn't even on the horizon for me. And so for me, between the fall before the fall of 2020 and June of 2021, I got the idea. I hired a ghostwriter. I fired the ghostwriter. I started writing the whole thing from scratch myself, wrote it, got feedback, edited it, you know, did all of that stuff and published it. So, um, you know, I, for me, that's just, that's just one of these examples of things can move really fast when you get clear on what it is that you want to do and you just put your energy behind it and go do it. It's a lot within eight months. And 
where you're talking about the idea didn't exist. You know, it's like that takes momentum. Let's not overlook the fact of uh, firing somebody like that's a large hurdle for a lot of people, Um, you know, and going through the whole process. I mean, it seems like if you've not published a book that it's like, yeah, you just sit down, you release it, put a nice cover and away it goes. And that's the furthest thing from the truth. There is a lot of time and effort involved in that. But congratulations, man. That is amazing. And I'd love to hear more as we kind of move through through the timeline um, and kind of get towards the end of our time, if that's okay. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's transition into like the personal side. Uh, also really good. Uh, I got married last fall uh, and I'm in an amazing relationship. Just... Um, the thing that I most treasure about our relationship is our ability to talk about what's going on in our lives and what's going on in our relationship and work through it together. Um, so that's just beautiful and a huge blessing. She's a huge blessing in my life. Um, my son, I have a son who's a freshman in high school, which is a whole new transition. Uh, you know, I, up until this year, every year I was involved in getting him to school when he's with me. I'm also divorced, which we talk about later. But so he's with me half the time and with his mom half the time. But I was always involved in getting him with, to school. And then this year, he walked out the door and he's like, bye, dad. And that was it. And I closed the door and I was like, oh my gosh, what just happened? <laughs> we just crossed a milestone here where I am not as necessary in my son's life as I used to be. And so, that was a little bit of a personal journey, but um, it's just such a blessing to have him in my life and to be a dad. It's it's a, one of the highlights of my life. And for him to be confident doing that. And congratulations, man, on, you, on your new, new marriage there. That's amazing. And for it to be healthy. I mean, it's like, you know, that makes a whole ton of difference where you're talking about communication and how that works out. So congratulations. That's a huge thing. Thank you. Well, if we could, let's Let's um, talk about kind of the experience you had. Let's go back to, you know, where things were at tech because there's, there's stuff that went on during that time and had built up to, to then put you on a different trajectory, right? To see a different opportunity. So can we kind of go back to what that looked like and some of the, the challenges that you were facing at that time? Absolutely. You know, from the outside, everything looked wonderful in my life. Um, you know, if you go back a number of years before I got divorced, I was married. I had a house. I had a kid. I had a great job. I worked at Apple, which is like, everybody knows Apple. It's a great company. Um, so, you know, externally things looked really good, but internally there was definitely some challenges. Uh, and so the first piece of that, I would say this, that's the first challenges started to come around when my son was born. I had just been promoted. I was a director of finance at Apple and I was leading the global sales forecast. So how much are we going to sell? The iPhone was relatively new. The iPad was just coming out. It was a huge job and it was global, which meant mornings, evenings, talking to people all around the world. Well, my son was young and I wanted to be there. I wanted to be around. I wanted to be home for dinner. That was important to me just of my own personal values. And uh, I had this really formative conversation with someone very early in my career who was successful in their career as a military guy. And he had climbed the ranks. He's you know, close to retirement. And he says to me, the one regret I have is that I wasn't around more for my kids. 
And I remember that conversation. I remember where we were sitting. I remember the view from the table. I mean, it's just like it, it, it resonated with me in this way that I remembered. And so I found myself here in this important job at Apple and I had invested everything in my life at that point up to in my career, right? It was all about advancing and reaching the next step and progressing. And here I am where that comes face-to-face in conflict with this other value that I have, which is being present as a father. And that was a uh, really challenging time for me because I I wanted to do it all. And honestly, up until that point in my life, I was able to do it all. (laughs) So this was like the the humbling experience of, I'm not sure I can do everything that I want to do. I've got some additional tools now that I didn't have at the time, but so my perspective at the time was I've got to make a choice and I chose to be at home more. And that meant taking a lower level job. I actually had an opening on my team that I was hiring for, and I decided to hire myself for that job, basically demoted myself and have my boss backfill me, which was wonderful because I got to spend time at home, but shot myself in the foot in the career. And because so much of my identity was tied up in my career, that was a real turning point for me in who I am. Yeah. And that's what I was wondering is, you know, when we take changes and we're, you know, we've just gone through a giant shift Mm -hmm. as far as corporate, you know, as far as careers um, is when you're laid off or, or you move on to something is our identity is so wrapped up in what we're doing or have done. How did you, how did you navigate that? Like, how did you um, figure out like, Hey, that's not who I, who I am. What was that process for you? Uh, I don't think I navigated it very well. I'll just be honest. Um, I, you know, when I made that decision to take the lower level job, I made it sound like it was this really simple thing. It was not. I agonized over that decision. I did not do it well with my boss. My boss wasn't happy with me. Um, and I kind of just swallowed hard and said, this is what I want. But I was really nervous about it. And the, the carryover from that was that for years, I did not like to talk about work. Here I am. I'm working at the, like one of the best companies in the world. I still had a great job and I had good work-life balance because I, be, I took a job that was below what I had been doing. So I could do this job and it didn't stretch me that much. So it was it was safe, it was predictable, I had good hours, I'm paid well, it's a big reputable company, right? It's like so much to be proud of and I was embarrassed because I was like, you know, I had taken this step back and you know, back to this identity thing. I was no longer climbing the ladder, I didn't see myself as important. Um all of these kind of self-doubt and this whole story about who I'm supposed to be and what I'm supposed to be accomplishing in my career it was all in conflict and I was in this inner turmoil. So I, I didn't really deal with it. I kind of just showed up, did the best that I could at work. And then when I went home, I pushed it away, but it was there kind of churning in the background. Yeah. How would you have navigated it today differently than what you did um, back then? You know, like you said, you have different tools. What would you have done differently if it, if it were to be something you just did like tomorrow? It's a great question. Um, I think the bigger tool that I have right now is I'm, I've got a lot more courage to stand up and say, this is what I will and won't do. Uh, and th- th- 
I, I, you know, that sounds like a simple thing <laughs> on the surface of it, but it really takes strength to find that clarity internally and then stand up for it and stick to it. And I just would have de- been a little bit more firm in setting boundaries, both at home and at work. This is what I will sign up for. This is what I won't sign up for so that I can get um, just be more clear about how to navigate it. There was so much overlap between home and work, and it was just a mess. And I didn't navigate it well. I didn't set clear expectations with people. So I was disappointing people left and right. It was just fundamentally, I I don't like to disappoint people. I'm kind of more of the people people pleaser type. Uh, And that was a disaster in that situation. It was a disaster. So I, you know, I just, I would have been more clear if I had to face that today. And I think doing that, there's a good shot that I could have stayed in that role that I was in and continued to be present with my son. It would have taken some extra effort and ruffled some feathers along the way. I get that, but it's a tolerance of being being willing to do that. And I have much more of that tolerance for discomfort now than I had at that point in my life. That makes sense, man. Now you had talked about setting like expectations and boundaries, even at home. How would you, you know, if I'm making a change like that, how would you guide me to do that in a, in a manner that's healthy and respecting to my wife? Because I mean, I can come home and go, this is the way it's going to be. That's going to go over so well. Um, You know, it's just (laughs) going to create more tension, but how could I do something like that and make it so that it communicates, Hey, we're on a team. I respect you. I love you. I care about your feelings in this, in this you know, situation? Well, I think a lot of that depends on the foundation you have in your relationship, uh, to be honest. And the foundation I had at that point was not all that strong and we ended up getting divorced. So you can tell how that went. (laughs) Um, You know, if I were to face that situation in my relationship today, you know, it's, it's just being clear, first of all, about priorities. Um, And, just because my wife and my son are my priority today does not mean there are times when I choose to stay longer at work. That's fine, right? Just because I've made that choice and I'm going to be late at work and I have to work late, that doesn't, or I choose to work late rather, not I have to, that doesn't mean that my wife and my son are not my top priority. So I think making sure that that message comes across, look, you're still my top priority. That doesn't mean I choose you first every time. Uh, and I think it's really important to own your choices. You heard me slip up there, right? So I said for a moment, I have to work late. Uh, I really don't like that that frame that frame of mind, right? That I have to. You really don't have to do anything. You're choosing to do it. You're choosing it because your boss expects it of you. You expect it of you. Whatever the reason is, it's your choice. And owning that choice, I think, is just critical in navigating these decisions. Absolutely. I mean, I've done it the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you it doesn't go over well. It creates tension and just amplifies everything. Like you talked about, you know, that you're struggling with at work. It just creates a situation where you go from one tough situation to another and you just go back and forth and drains you even faster mm-hmm. while you're even struggling with your identity. It's like, let's just make this that much harder. <laughs> I think what you just described is exactly what I lived and it was a nightmare. Um, you know, it was like from one struggle to the next at work and at home and struggling with my identity. And it, it was a very challenging time and part of my life. Yeah. 
Yeah, I can I can sympathize with you because I've gone through those myself. So that's why when I can describe it, been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, so you've stepped down from from where you were as the director. Now you've got, you know, um more time with the family. You're moving along. How did things progress from that point? Well, um, professionally, I was in that job until I left Apple. So that was, you know, that was a lot of years. Personally, things just continue to be challenging in my relationship with my wife at the time. And we we ended up getting divorced. Um, so in the middle of that, there was a lot of personal therapy. There was a lot of couples therapy, did a lot of reading, just struggling to find a path forward. Um, and uh, I would say one of the biggest things that I did during that time was one of the therapy things I did was actually a extended pro- program. So I, I went, uh, I actually went and I lived in a place for a while and I was I kind of did this extended therapy work, which was again, one of those decisions, like I never thought I would do this in my life. Um, and I had to swallow hard, but he was like, Hey, it's either this or get divorced. It's worth trying. Um, and so I did it and ended up getting divorced anyway. But the thing that I took away from that experience was um, the value of connection and having a peer group. And so when I got back, I got back home and I started a men's group. And this meant where there was five or six of us and we met every week for six years. And it was, it changed my life. Like that, that experience of having a group of people who are all striving, who are all open and who are sharing their own experiences, sharing their wins, sharing their challenges, sharing their history, that whole thing. Uh, it was just such a powerful experience for me. So um, that was one of the, the structures of support that I created and put in place and really made a big difference. Yeah. Community. I mean, having the camaraderie, the, a place to be real and mm-hmm. share what you're going through. I mean, just it's, it's night and day, um, just totally elevates things for you. Um, so as you're going along, you're, you're investing in yourself, you're, you know, you're bringing about transformation and growth. Where did, where did the the desire to become a coach? How did that develop? Well, it really came out of this group that I described. So my divorce process was not short. It was long and painful and expensive and courts involved and lawyers. And I mean, it was a mess. Um, And so that took up a ton of my energy for several years. Coming out of that, as I was starting to come out of it, I knew I wanted to do something else. I'd been in the mentioned from the time I took this new job at Apple until the time I left Apple, I didn't, I was in the same job. And that was, I think it was eight years. So it was a long time. Um, Again, very fortunate in many respects. And Apple's a great company. And I was very lucky to be in that job. And I knew I wanted to do something else. I sat there and I'm like, okay, Apple's a big company. If I disappear, is anyone really going to notice that I'm gone? Does it make that much difference? do I want to just sit here and earn a paycheck for the rest of my life? Or do I want to do something that to me is meaningful, that moves the needle? It was clearly that I, clear to me, I wanted to move the needle. I wanted to do something important. I just had no idea how to do that. I didn't know what it meant. So that was the uh, the journey that I was on. And I 
frankly, didn't make any progress on my own. <laughs> For years, I was trying to figure out what comes next. I couldn't figure it out. Uh, it came together because I had been going to the same church as my ex-wife and that became untenable. So I was looking for a new place. I was just started dating someone. Uh, and so the two of us decided, Hey, let's go find someplace together that we want to have a join a community. So we joined a spiritual center. It's really more spiritual center than it is a religion or a church. Uh, and about a month or two after we started, there was a guest speaker. And this guest speaker came through and asked us to think about what kind of life we would want to create for ourselves. Not the you know, 10% better kind of thing, but the, you know, somebody gives you a, a lamp and you rub it and the genie comes out and you get three wishes. It's like, what are you going to wish for? The kind of thing that you really want in your life. And it was the first time I'd ever really asked myself that question. And she asked us specifically not to worry about how you get there, if you can get there, what your friends or family would think, how much money you would make, are you qualified for this? What kind of education do you have? Like, put all that stuff aside and just imagine you could rub the lamp, the genie comes out and you get your wish. And it's like, this is the life that I want to create. And when I heard her describe that, the first thought that came to me was, what if this men's group that I formed, that has been so powerful for me, what if I could do that as a job? And that was the first idea. And that led down this path of becoming a coach. Hi, Coach Mike here. Hey, thanks so much for listening to the Living Fearless Today podcast. Man, if you're struggling with your worth, feeling you're not enough and playing small, honestly, this isn't your lot in life. There is more available to you beyond this podcast to help you uncover your worth, feel respected, be confident, and play bigger in all areas of your life. Grab a time at highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call to set up a complimentary session on where you're at today, who you want to be, and how you can live the life you've been desiring. Again, head on over to highcoachmike.com forward slash book a call and take that first step towards your life transformation. You know, you're, you're seeing like a light. I mean, mm. it's like, this is what I want to do. Did you also, you know, have stuff that were like those doubts that, you know, come in and go, let's stop. Wait a minute. Let's think about this logically. Was that a battle that you had to go through? Is this lights going on and going, yes, this is the point I need to be at. I want to be here. Did you kind of hit barriers as you're going I, I, along? Yeah, I'm laughing here, Mike, because uh, yeah, of course, <laughs> uh, you know, that both of those things that you just described are true. I, I did feel that light of, you know, I'm excited about this. I want to go do it, but I was nervous. I, you know, I have an MBA from Stanford. I invested a bunch of money in that in a couple of years and 25 years of my corporate career, always working at big companies, um, having, you know, creating success there, having a stable paycheck, all of these things. And, and I worked in finance, which is kind of like left brain analytical thinking. And I'm going to drop all of that, walk away from a, a stable paycheck, go become a coach, which I've never done before. It's a more right brain kind of work. I'm going from an expert in my field to a beginner. I had no idea how it was going to go. I was definitely nervous. The And every step along the way, I was nervous. I went to sign up and get certified as a coach. Oh, that's a lot of money. Oh, I'm in the middle of getting divorced. 
do I have time for this? Do I want to invest that kind of money? What if I invest it and then I don't follow through or I follow through and then I fail? So that was when I got trained as a coach. Then when I go in and tell my boss, hey, I'm thinking about leaving, then you know, I went down to part-time and then ultimately left. But each step along the way, the fear came up. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Are you sure this makes sense? It would be much safer to stay at Apple. All of those thoughts. And the, uh, the tool that I used in those moments is uh, what I've since started calling the rocking chair test, which is imagine yourself sitting at 85 years old in a rocking chair on your front porch, rocking back and forth and just reflecting on your life. And from that vantage point, look back at this moment and ask yourself, what is the right choice? And that 85-year-old version of me sitting in the rocking chair was like, you go, go out there and take a risk, go for it. Because even if you fail, it will still be a worthwhile experience. Absolutely. And, and I love the, the analogy, that method there of looking back, because so many of us are looking forward and going, what if, what if, what if in a negative kind of perspective, and we just build this wall that keeps us encased where we're at. We don't progress. We don't move forward because what if, but mm-hmm. you know, you're talking about a what if, but from a perspective of, okay, I'm, I'm 85 years old. I'm sitting on the rock and, you know, in the rocking chair on the front porch, I don't want regrets. What am I glad about? What am I joyful about? What satisfaction and fulfillment has, have I brought about in life? And I love the way you frame that. So that that's amazing. Yeah. Um, it, just a quick note on that, Mike, because it takes out all the fear about the what if, because you've already, you've made it right. You're 85, you're, you're successful. You're alive. You're in a rocking chair on the front porch. So all of the fears go away and it just goes to that. What is the life experience you want to create? And that's what I love about that, that rocking chair test. Yeah. It's, it's empowering, not disempowering, you know, mm-hmm. like crippling. So, um, you know, you're, you're still looking at stuff. You're going through the coaching, obviously. Um, how did you, you know, continue to take those, those steps to move away from Apple? Like you said, you moved to part-time. How did you continue to step away and step into, uh, the dream and then begin fulfilling that? Well, it's kind of like that old story, you know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Uh, it, it's really that because, you know, most of us say, you look at an elephant, you're like, I can't eat that thing. It's too big. And, you know, how do you make a transition from working in finance at Apple to becoming a coach? Some people will look at that and say, I can't make that transition. It's too big. And so I, I just think it's important to know where you're going, first of all, and then to start. That's all you have to do. You just have to start. So for me, the first example is where am I going to get certified? You know, I found a place, started talking to them on the phone. Okay, I'm nervous. Am I going to let that stop me? No. Okay, get trained, sign up, then actually get through the training, which was, you know, takes time and energy and investment, all that. But it's just step by step. So by the time I got to that point of leaving Apple for good, I had been trained and certified as a coach, I had done several workshops. I think at that point I had signed up my first client. I was kind of like right in that cusp of signing up my first client. And so I was like, oh, I've done enough. I've built enough confidence. I've built enough momentum in this. 
that I can see myself carrying through. I can see myself, I can see a path to success. Great. So I, and I was ready to jump in full-time at that point. Now, some people will go even further in parallel. They'll build a operating practice, coaching practice while working full-time. That's great. You do what's right for you. You will know when the right time is, as long as you're paying attention to how you're making that decision and not letting fear control the decision. Now, as you're, you're moving that direction and you're making this transition, what kind of growth or changes were going on for you personally, like within to like change the way you see things to, to give you that courage that you talked about earlier? Like what, what was going on and how did you get there? You know, as part of the, um, part of my personal experience through getting divorced and growing as a person and therapy and all these things. I, the other thing I did is, is I attended Alcoholics Anonymous meetings for a while. Um, even though I'm not alcoholic, I just think that the people there, there's so much wisdom and experience there uh, from people who have overcome a significant challenge. So one of the things I learned there is this phrase, which I love. It says, you can't think your way into right action. You have to act your way into right thinking. And I just found that to be the case, you know, like in terms of internal changes, it's, you know, they, they go hand in hand. I get that, but it's a willingness to take the next step. That is the right thing. And as I did that, the, some of the changes I noticed in myself is I'm willing, I'm the kind of person who's willing to go for what matters to me. You know, I had some peak moments of having done that, like taking the lower level job. Right, I could do that in those peak moments, but it wasn't a skill that I had on a sustained basis, like the lo- the lower level everyday decisions that we have to make. But I started to see myself making those decisions, studying and get, to get certified as a coach, doing that every day. I was like, I did that for months. Like, hey, look at me! I can do that even in the midst of everything else going on in my life. I'm the kind of person who invests in myself, so I started to see myself as not just uh, not just broken and trying to fix myself, uh, but somebody who is, has everything I need to move forward. And just one other thing about that is I, I mentioned, I've done, I did a lot of therapy many, many years in many different formats. And my, I'm not saying this is the way therapy is, but my experience of therapy was that I was trying to fix something that was broken in me. That was just the way I held it. And, um, that's a challenging place to be, uh, to feel like you're broken and to believe that you're broken. So one of the important things that started to change for me is I, you know, as I became more engaged in coaching is I started to ramp down the therapy and have more and more coaching kind of support. And coaching is all about wholeness and being complete and having everything you need. It's forward looking. What is your goal? What are the steps you're taking? Again, act your way into right thinking starting to see yourself more and more as the person who can achieve what it is that's important to you. So for me, there was also this transition of seeing, not seeing myself as broken and seeing myself as complete and whole and capable of achieving what it is that I want to achieve. Yeah. That is a large paradigm shift, Mm -hmm. but it's, it puts you in such a different trajectory to be able to take action and see results and also feel and think differently. I mean, it's it's just amazing. I do want to go back. You had a genie with three wishes. Your first wish was to be a coach. Are you okay sharing the other two wishes? 
or did you make two other wishes? I guess would be the other question. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't actually make three wishes, but the, um, the, the, the instruction was really to craft a holistic picture of your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I, I, I use the three wishes just as an example to get people to think out of the box. Cause most people think in a constrained way, right? They think, what can I achieve? Uh, what's possible for me rather than what would you really like? So I actually, she did not use the genie example. That's something that I brought in, but I will say that the picture that you craft is not just your career because everything's interrelated. We all know that it's your career. It's your relationship. It's your hobbies, your free time, your health, your, your personal energy and your mindset, your satisfaction, all of those things are interrelated. And so her instruction was really to craft this holistic picture, looking at all elements of your life and just start to build a picture of what does it look like for your life to be operating at a whole new level that you've never really pictured before. And so when you're doing that exercise of crafting a holistic life, where did you feel like the most resistance? Like, are you looking at corporate? Is it you personally? Is it relationships? Like where, where was the most, you know, challenge in picturing something different than what you were experiencing at that time? Uh, I, I would say the challenge wasn't in a particular area, mm-hmm. uh, a, a section of my life, but it was more this challenge of like, I could do that. You know, it was, it was almost as if, you know, somebody had started speaking a different language to me, but somehow I understood it. And I was like, how is that possible? Um, you know, I just, I had just assumed my life would look a certain way. And that's mostly around work, but, you know, also in terms of relationships and how happy I am, just this assumption that I'm going to have to work hard and it's, you know, life is difficult, right? Just take that as a simple assumption. What? Now I start to craft this picture where my life feels easy and natural and flowing. And I love my work and I've got an amazing relationship. Like there was a part of me that said, yeah, that's impossible. So the biggest resistance wasn't about a particular element. It was just this whole thing of, can life really be that good? And now with your, you're doing coaching. Um, are you seeing like other men who are logic based, right? Like yourself, like me, who um, I'm a high C on disc, you know, on the assessment surprise, but it's very much like put me in an engineering role, something of that capacity. Do you see that there's more of a struggle with kind of like logic based people in releasing like the constraints that they're, they're within now to picture like what, what you were envisioning is that where more of the struggle is you see for men that are logic-based or is that totally off? Uh, You know, I I do think it's a challenge for logic-based people, but um, most people have been and our society really trains us. We're educated this way. I think just most people are taught to do what you think is possible, right. And to think incrementally. Um, What I, you know, that for me to go from working at Apple to becoming a coach, that was not an incremental change. That required thinking out of the box, thinking creatively. And most people, like that's trained out of us, right? I mean, think about, I actually have a, my son, I mentioned as a freshman in high school, and I was talking to a, another dad and, uh, and this kid went to a different high school and he said, Hey, you know, he started getting B's and C's on his writing assignments in English. I was like, that's surprising. Cause this kid was super smart. 
And he said, well, what's the story? He's like, well, he's not exactly following the rules. You know, he's like, he's doing the assignment, but he's creative and he's going a little outside the lines and he's getting, he's getting dinged for that, right? He's getting marked down. And I was like, oh, what an example, right? Of our education system, giving people a lower grade because they're coloring outside the lines. They're a little bit more creative. They're not exactly following the rules. Now, of course, there's a time and place for following the rules. I understand that. But if you're always following what you think are the rules in your life, you never get there. And so for analytical people, for smart people, even for those of us who are just grew up in the society and went through this education system that says, do what you're told to do, that it, it, it does take a little bit of time to, to stretch yourself out of that. And it's like, huh, how can I think in a different way? How can I, you have to deliberately put aside the rules. You have to deliberately say, okay, this seems totally unreasonable or impractical. Oh, that must mean I'm in the right, going in the right direction. You just have to deliberately break through those things in order to, uh, to come up with a picture of something that's uh, for you out of the box and exciting. And that makes sense. And I mean, that's the struggle is wanting to express yourself and then being knocked for it. Um, So Rusty, at this point, for you continuing to your next level, like what are you doing today to put yourself on that path to continue the growth and, you know, achieve what you're, you know, envisioning, like what you see down the road? How are you getting yourself there? Well, first of all, I've got plenty of support. Um, still my wife is awesome, but I you know, still stay connected with these people from the men's group. I mentioned I've hired coaches to help me. So, um, I, I just think having a, the right support in place is so important. And especially if you're going to try something new to go in a new direction, if you're going to willing to bust out of the box and, and upgrade your life to something to your career, your life, your work, all of that to something that's motivating for you. It's so important to have the right person there with you in that journey. Um, so for me, it's, it's the people. And I think for me, the, the other really important thing is, is to notice when my discomfort is getting the better of me, because when we get uncomfortable, what do we do? We try to get comfortable again. And that might be playing it safe. Might be, oh, I'm not going to do this thing today because it's just, I better just show up and do my job. Or, you know, sometimes we see comfort through drinking or through eating or through Netflix, you know, even exercise, right? Something that is ostensibly good for you. People can see comfort through that. So just notice, start to notice. And this is so powerful for me. It's like, where am I seeking comfort and what am I running from? Like, because if you're willing to embrace some of that discomfort, that's usually the path to growth. Yeah, that's so true. That is amazing. Well, Rusty, if you would, would you mind sharing how people can connect with you um, to, to one, you know, see your book if, if they're like, hey, I love reading, which is a vital habit. If they're not already a reader, work on it. It's something I had to grow into, chose to grow into, caught myself there. Yes, Thank you nice. for setting that example there. <laughs> um, but w- how can people connect with you? Yeah. So uh, I'll give you three simple ways. One is you can check out the book, Breaking the Code. You can get it on Amazon. If you do go to Amazon, search for Breaking the Code Rusty. 
because uh, there's other books with that title that'll pop this one up to the top. So that's one thing. Go to Amazon. Second is go to my website. It's rustygaylord.com. So Mike, you might be able to put that in notes because my last name is G-A-I-L-L-A-R-D. So it's rustygaylord.com. Or find me on LinkedIn. That's the only social platform I'm really active on, but I love connecting with people. So um, drop me a note. Tell me where you you heard me. And uh, I'd love love to connect and hear your story. And I absolutely will share it in the show notes. So done deal. Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> well, Rusty, thank you so much for joining me today to share how you've, you know, you didn't lose your identity, but you went beyond that, found it and achieved your dream and are continuing to push into that. Um, so Rusty, thank you so much for joining me and sharing all that. I really appreciate it, my friend. Thanks for having me, Mike. My pleasure. so much, my friend, for joining me on another episode. If you found the information within the show helpful, please leave a review on the platform you're listening to. It helps raise the show's visibility so other men can join us in breaking free. See you on the next episode, and remember to continue putting yourself out there. Have a great one.